Hi, welcome to Rolling If You Got Them. I am Dakota, and I am joined here with Carl. And tonight we are going to be discussing the starter boxes outside of the Stark Lannister starter box. Um, we will be start discussing the Night's Watch, Free Folk, Targaryens, and Baratheons. Uh, we will be excluding the neutrals um, because they do not have their own starter box. We felt that this was going to be directed towards kind of newer players anyways, people who may be gaming on a bit of a budget. And neutrals just aren't the way to go. There's no starter box for them. You have to buy every unit individually. That makes it kind of a bit of a hassle and sort of expensive, too. Yeah, one one issue that we um, with starting is neutrals is you just have to buy a you know hero box on its own and then buy all the individual units. Can't get like a bulk uh, deal discount basically. Right. So the we're just gonna go in order here. So the first starter box to come out after the uh, Stark Lannisters was the Night's Watch. Yeah, in the Night's Watch, really their overviews, their units, well, their tactics deck, I should say is kind of a jack-of-all-trades tactics deck. Uh, they have a heal, an attack, a reactivation, uh, a move, a condition token placer, a card draw, and then a defensive tactics cards. And a lot of them tactics cards also have secondary effects that come in the Vow aspect, the Vow mechanic of mm. the Night's Watch. And that is basically when you play the card, you can attach it to a unit, and then later on, it'll have other benefits for that unit it's a it's a pretty good mechanic yep it's a great mechanic and it works well with their units because all of their units are elite for the most part um in the starter yeah, box especially everything in the starter box yep in the starter box you can easily make a 40 point army that is a very good 40 point army just with the what they have available to them which is why their tactics cards are kind of jack of all trades yeah they don't really have a bad unit in their starter box compared to um like lannisters like you get you know you get the lannister guardsmen which they definitely they mm -hmm. have their role within the faction of course but compared to sworn brothers like if i told you you have to take two units of lannister guardsmen or two units of sworn brothers you're taking two mm -hmm. units of sworn brothers it's it's not even a question yeah yeah they're arguably some just the best units in the game best attack profiles uh best everything all right so the three units that come in the night's watch starter box are the veterans of the watch the sworn brothers and the ranger trackers which is a cavalry unit the veterans of the watch um they're a good offensive unit and a very good defensive unit they save on a three plus and they have counterattack. Mm -hmm. so if they get uh charged by something like berserkers those berserkers might take more hits back than the veterans mm -hmm. took in the first place. Yep, there's definitely potential for that. Uh, and then if you charge them with, you know, a light hitting unit, um, I've seen it at times where you, you know, you might hit them four times, but none of them go through because you don't have any type of sundering or it's not in a flank and all of them come back and you end up taking those wounds. Yeah, the Sworn Brothers are an elite offensive unit. They come with critical blow and sundering. They are eight dice at full ranks, and they still save on a four plus. So it's not like these guys are just gonna, you know, go away without mm -hmm. putting some legitimate resources into them. Yeah, absolutely. Four plus is kind of what I would consider the average side of the saves, but their attack profile is so good with the crit blow sundering combo. 
that they have built in. Uh, there's yes. only a few other units that do have the, like the two keywords that they always get to use, and they're one of them. And this, they're probably, in my opinion, one of the best units in the game. For sure, I mm-hmm. don't think that's. Uh, I don't. I don't think you can disagree with that one very much. Uh, and then the final unit, it would be the Ranger Trackers. Now these guys, you're not going to want to keep them in combat. They go away pretty easily. Mm-hmm. They save on a. <laughs> They save on a plus, or do they save on a six? They save on a five plus. Uh, Their attack profiles aren't that great. Um, With their bow, it's short range. You have to be in close. It's a three plus um, seven four, and then they're if you have to charge them in for whatever reason, they're only a four plus, and they're on six three. The thing that makes these guys so good is their cavalry, so they're getting that free maneuver, and then they can mark target, which makes enemies within long-range line of sight vulnerable, which, which is a great combo with everything else you got going on. That's an order that they can trigger on the start of any of your turns. Mm-hmm. It does not have to be on their activation, yep. which is very nice. And they have a movement of six, so a free six-inch maneuver followed by a 12-inch march. These guys just got well out of the way of any harm, and meanwhile, they're still in range of you know something mm-hmm. somewhere to be thrown out that vulnerable token yep. when you're getting ready to charge someone with uh, Sworn Bros, and then you have Ghost for his Silent Predator to take away Tactics card. So it's a it's a real good combo that's not difficult to pull mm-hmm. off. Yep. All right. So then the next starter box is that came out was the Free Folk starter box. The Free Folk are a very good other side of the coin of night's watch so where night's watch is elite free folk are insignificant literally it's a keyword that basically means they're not worth any points when you kill them which can be very frustrating for an opponent because mm-hmm. they have to hack through droves of free folk and it's all for nothing sometimes um they yeah they're a swarm army mm-hmm so the three units, you're, you're going to get five units to put on the table for Free Folk. You're going to get, but it's only three different units. So you'll get two units of Free Folk Raiders. These guys are three-point units. They have to be fielded in pairs of twos. They are insignificant, and they hit on um, six five three for an attack profile, hitting on fours. But they do have a gang-up ability to where if you are attacking with one and you have another friendly unit engaged with that target, then they get to hit on the threes. The whole, you know, double engagement is reoccurs quite a bit throughout Free Folk. We'll kind of get into them more. Their next unit would be the Trappers. This is a unit with a, a good order. Basically, if an unengaged enemy moves, the unengaged thing is very important because people, I see that get missed a lot. Mm-hmm. That unit is going to take D3 wounds and suffer disorderly charges on one or two. It can be pretty nice to keep someone from maybe wanting to move at a certain time because they know that you know their unit is maybe going to go into its last rank, end up on its b- bad attack profile, or that unit could be within range of dying altogether mm-hmm. at three wounds. And so you got your opponent doing things that they don't want to do because they can't do things that they want to do, basically. Yeah, and the trappers are also good. They can really, you know, zone out any type of dire wolf because you're not going to want to bring a dire wolf into that long range 
it'll you know they'll pop it on it and all of a sudden for nothing they just you just lost your dire wolves uh so they can really keep those type of units away and then also if you're preparing that big you know make a move charge then all of a sudden you get it disorderly because you rolled a two when you're well within a movement range uh it's really disheartening especially from a four point unit yeah, and the trappers are also insignificant so even killing them doesn't really grant your opponent much mm-hmm. all right and then we're going to be coming to the meat of the box which is the savage giant these guys just took a pretty nice buff in 1.5.1 so the the savage giant is really nice so he only rolls one die on an attack hits on a two plus but if he hits you roll a d3 for wounds plus two wounds plus one wound for each wound on the giant the giant has six wounds himself and he also only suffers a wound for every two unblocked hits okay so let's unpack all of that we'll go with the mighty swing first that's mm-hmm. his, you know, one die hitting on a two plus so let's say he has two wounds on him and i roll a two on my attack die I, the damage die i mean he's gonna do six wounds that's half mm-hmm. a tray and we haven't touched the panic test yet yep pretty great now the one wound for every two unblocked hits so let's say you charge me you get x amount of hits through i roll to block and then i end up taking three wounds well i'm really only going to take one wound for that whereas a normal unit would take three he's only going to take one because unblocked one and two cause a wound unblocked one does nothing it -hmm. just rolls right off his hairy back it's pretty awesome. We're not even going to get into what the previous version of him was and how it differs because it doesn't matter anymore. He's better now. Yeah, these guys, they they definitely got a good buff and they're yeah, they, they, were, they were borderline. I don't want to call them unplayable in the previous version, but you knew that you were going to have some issues. I remember one time, Dakota mm-hmm. Panic Test one off the board. He was playing Lannisters. He had the right yep. cards. He had he had everything kind of in his favor. And he was able to, in one round, it took him a decent bit of resources. Oh, yeah. I had to, I dumped a couple tactics cards on it and a Cersei. Yeah, and yeah. he put some good things. resources into him. But he killed a, a giant that was not in combat. Did not see combat and mm-hmm. died. Yep. Like, it was like, oh. That was that was the last time I played a giant in 1.5. I was like, all right, all right, I'm not putting these guys on the table for a little bit. Yeah. After after seeing that, I was just like, okay, we're gonna you're gonna shelve those for a little bit, and then we'll come back at a later date. Issue with just one starter box because I have a free folk army. I own three free folk starter boxes to get the correct amount of raiders. I feel like six raiders is sometimes necessary i pretty much i think everyone will tell you four units of raiders go into a free folk list you make the list before you grab Mm -hmm. it to use before you grab a commander you put four units of raiders in that thing because there are three tactics cards that require you to have two units engaged with one enemy to get the benefit of those tactics cards then there is one other tactics card that requires that you have two friendly units within short range of that enemy. So you need a lot of bodies on the table 
they're insignificant, which means that you can just get your opponent to dump some resources into them. And it's only going to cost you 12 points to throw these four units on there. And then, then you start to build your free folk army. We will see with 1.5 mm-hmm. if maybe giant spams make their way into the meta. I'm curious because you could run, you could run five of them at 35 points. So, you know, we'll see. It, it might might be something. Yeah. But the the problem with that is, is you have it a hard time triggering your taxes cards. You'll dump a lot of cards. I tried giant spam once, and old version or not, the tactics cards didn't change. It was difficult to find ways to get these tactics cards in because I just didn't have the bodies hanging out to do anything with it. All right, and then moving into the next faction came that came out, which was the Baratheons. Their real profile is just being super stout and being able to reactivate off of themselves or react off of what you're doing. They're an extremely defensive army. One thing that you can really see it from is their tactics deck in it. You know, there's uh, two of them that are just free attacks. One's a free charge. And then off of that, it's, you know, activating when engaged and restoring or activating engaged and getting an attack buff or some sort of defensive buff. Um, the units that are coming in it are the Baratheon Wardens, the Baratheon Sentinels, and the Stagnite Nobles. The Wardens, they're going to be the run of the line, you know, front mill, uh, defensive unit they're saving on a 3+. The one thing that is cool with them is that when they attack, if a defender rolls a uh, 1, they the defender becomes weakened, and then they can expend any weakened tokens as if they were vulnerable tokens. So it really gives you that... You know, you put a weekend on it, you can use that either way. So it gives you some token flexibility. The Sentinels, these are the kind of flanking unit. They just have Sundering built in, but they save on a 4+. Plus, and they have, you know, probably the best attack profile of all three of these units because they're 3+, plus on 8 dice. They're pretty standard. There's nothing really crazy special about them yet. And then the third unit in this box are the Stagnites. This unit has some potential in it that's pretty cool. Uh, so they're obviously, they have seven attack dice through all three of their ranks. So they never lose attack dice. They're always sitting on a three plus. And then as they lose ranks, they gain attack abilities and they can either gain critical blow, sundering or vicious. So when they're on that last rank, they can, you know, be using two of your choice. And then if they are killed and targeted by a last stand, they get to use all three. This is a unit that on paper, the first time you see them, you're like, I never have to heal these guys because mm-hmm. they don't ever lose dice. I can pick up these abilities. This is pretty awesome. And then you start using them and you're just like, I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping that yep. it's not so much the unit needs a rework as it is we don't know what's in the future for these guys. I'm hoping that there's some attachments yeah. or some other commanders or something that makes you go, okay, I see why they are the way they are. And it's not something that's like, uh, mm-hmm. um, yep. starter box unit needs a rework. Because yep. that's that's not great. Mm-hmm. The only starter box units to get legitimate reworks, I mean, you have the Sworn Brothers going up in a point, and then the Giants just getting a, a little bit of a mm-hmm. buff. So starter box units, I think, are pretty in line with what they hope the faction accomplish. Yeah, yeah. I've played Bar- uh, Baratheons pretty extensively. And one thing that really that this army wants to do is get charged, but sometimes that's not really feasible because you're basically, you know, taking your unit down to half strength if, you know, the enemy isn't going to, like, retreat out where you can actually attack them. So it's very, 
I would call it finicky at times, but there's still more yet to come. So we're not 100% sure on how everything's going to work out. With the Stagnites, I think they personally think they kind of might need more attack dice. But we just have to wait and see on really what everything that they're going to yeah, get. Is. I've only played them a couple times, and I felt that a lot of times I was sitting there wishing I had other cards than what I had. It's It was just one of them, like, I just never felt like I had the right card at the right time. And I don't know if that was just mm-hmm. a card draw yeah, issue it- or maybe a lack of knowledge on being able to put myself in the right place at the right time. But it, it felt... Mm-hmm. more consistent than just happenstance yep yeah and then playing them we'll talking about talking about their tactics cards now uh they have a they're the one that starter faction that has quite a few of the same triggers so going through their triggers quick they have a after unit is destroyed then there's two of them that are after a friendly unit is attacked one is just friendly units attacked the other one is attacked and not destroyed then they have three cards that um, are when a friendly engaged unit activates, and then they just have one generic start of the round card. So really, they only have a couple different triggers to play that basic deck, which really gets you into a bind when you're like, all right, I finally have a unit engaged. Now I have three different cards for when they're going to activate which one is the right play that I should right. use, which one's not the right play. And you kind of get yourself into a bind where you're trying to figure out what you want to do and you know make that correct decision sometimes you do sometimes you don't it just you know it, you're not sure kind of that next move what it might be yeah and then that also leads into you going oh nope should have made the other choice and then which just yep. makes you start yep. second guessing yourself even more mm-hmm. and then also one of the things too is they actually have an attachment that does share the same trigger for after a unit being attacked which is i think a very cool attachment still got to get it to work correctly which is a stagnite noble which is after a unit is attacked with melee you know it can take two wounds then make one free melee attack which goes kind of back into that free activation right, yeah, his, of his order attack. yeah mm-hmm. yep, his order but it does also kind of go in with two of the triggers or two of the t- basic decks triggers so you kind of are going to block yourself out for playing a tactics card while you're using an order. So it's kind cards of, that we've what are you going to do? Are hard enough to trigger as it is. Now you're going to pass up the opportunity to play one to deal wounds to yourself. It's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see how that can be an issue. So now we are going to move into the last faction that was released, which was the Targaryens. So the Targaryens, their main thing is they are fast and they are hard hitting, and it's pretty easy for them to gang up on units yeah, just are, with their mobility um, one... everything in the starter box mm-hmm. is mounted so you can get that free maneuver out of everything that they have and i know the first time we played we were both like uh <laughs> wow <laughs> it was it was unexpected on how much movement was there and then when it gets there like how effective it can be too mm-hmm yeah, I think these this faction in the correct hands can be devastating because you can, you know, double team super easily. Um, the veterans, oh, so going into the units, they are the Dothraki Screamers, the Dothraki Outriders, and the Dothraki Veterans. I'm going to start with the best unit on this one just because they're probably, I think, a, a cool unit in the game. Um, so they have the Order Charging Volley um, to start out with. We're going to talk about that one. Basically... This unit can make a range attack and then make a free charge. Um, 
you know, even though it's a short range for that ranged attack, um, it's seven dice on three plus. You know, you can maneuver within that close range. Shoot, they might take three, four wounds. They're going to take a panic test. Then they're going to get charged. And now they're going to take probably eight hits because they're going to almost be guaranteed to charge. They're always going to get rerolls just with everything that they have playing with their tactics cards. Um, and then you'll take another panic test. Super hard to yeah, not get one these, shot by this. This unit. unit gets a lot of. Uh, I think a lot of people are afraid to play this unit sometimes because they see that ten points, and mm-hmm. they're just like, "Oh, it's, mm-hmm. they're so, so expensive." And it's like, "Yeah." The first time I played Targaryens, I did not bring these guys because I saw that ten points, and I was like, "I'm getting two mm-hmm. units of screamers for twelve. Like, why would I bring one unit of these guys for 10? I played, and I was like, okay, but it just felt like something was kind of missing. Then the next game I played with them, I brought the veterans, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what was missing. Just being able to one-shot a unit in this game is its kind of rare. And mm-hmm. rolling 15 dice and having you take two panic tests, like, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take it. And I'll even say, if you throw in the... Uh, Jorah Mormont attachment with them they get taken almost to 11 because all of a sudden their movement's plus one they ignore train which is going to help them not yep. be disorderly on charges and you know it just and gets a movement comes everywhere with the, uh, his oh. order basically um, if he passes a panic test an enemy engaged with him takes d3 wounds so let's say I charging volley you you're, you're going to come out of that probably in pretty rough shape unless you had god dice mm-hmm. or some cards or something to mitigate what mm-hmm. was about to happen to you if you attack yep. me back and i pass the panic test which they save on a five plus you might not be in a position to weather that storm also the d3 wounds that you're going to take mm-hmm. back out of that so it can really put your opponent at a lose-lose Yep. So that is their best unit. Uh, we kind of dove right into them. Um, so now the other two options that they have in their starter box are the Screamers, uh, which is a melee cav charging unit, and then the Outriders. Okay, going into the Dothraki Screamers, these are really the basic cavalry unit uh, for the faction. Uh, they're pretty straightforward. They have a six movement, uh, seven, five attack dice, hit on three plus, five save, six morale, um, and their cavalry. They're pretty straightforward. They get a lot of benefits from the cards, uh, the tactics cards, and they're really a good either lead-in or follow-up, I think, off of the veterans for making it. Yeah, I, I like them as the follow-up um, because just a lot of times the veterans will, will weather another attack a little bit better. They have a better defensive save. They have a better uh, morale stat. So usually I will try to lead with the veterans and follow with the screamers, but it depends on the unit. You know, if it's something that I don't really want to tangle with, then maybe I'll protect my more expensive unit a little longer. And then the Dothraki Outriders. So this is a cav unit that does not have a melee attack profile. They only have the range attack. They are seven dice hitting on a three. They have a maneuver free. You get the free maneuver of six. They have a short-ranged bow, and then you have to, oh, you get nimble. So before your shift, you get three inches, you get your attack, or, that back, and you get nimble. So 
you go to make your attack, you get a three inch shift, your attack, and then a three inch shift. It can be great. The initial shift can be great to help you get into a flank. If it doesn't do the trick, you can use that second shift to either pull you further out of range to make the counter charge better, or you can you can shift out of line of sight. I had it one time, which I know, one time I had it happen. It's a fringe case. But there was a unit of Swarm Brothers sitting on an objective they did not want to give up. I had the Outriders around them, and between my free maneuver and my two shifts, the Swarm Brothers could do nothing but maneuver to pivot to face me for the next round. And then next round would come if they didn't attack right away. I would just move into their flank again and they they couldn't they couldn't have line of sight on me. It was it was kind of awesome. That mm-hmm. one interaction kind of sold me on the outriders now. They're kind of a high skill unit, I would say because they can get melted real easy and if they get in combat, the only thing they can do is retreat. They have no attack mm-hmm. profile. But they're fun. And that that nimble is that's a pretty great keyword. I mean, I'm going to get 12 inches of movement and an attack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say the Targaryens probably skill-wise as a starter box is going to be near the top just because they are all cavalry and that kind of plays counterintuitively to some of the game modes where it has contesting where you need multiple yeah, they ranks don't, engaged. They don't and, do well um, in game modes that require a lot of the objective holding. You're usually better off to you know, try to be patient, but know, hey, I'm going to have to try to table my opponent here at some point because mm-hmm. yeah. I can be at full ranks and he can still outrank me. So it makes it a mm-hmm. little difficult to score your points there. Yeah, and so that concludes all of the starter boxes that have been released so far. All right, Carl. So before we actually run this tournament, what do you think is how it's going to end up? Give me your overview on Who's going to do well? Who's going to do poorly? So if Targs can make make it past Starks, I don't see anyone else stopping them. The challenge Mm -hmm. with Starks is that they share the same zones on the tactics board. They both want combat Mm -hmm. maneuver. And Starks are kind of that perfectly balanced faction. Their starter box, at least. Now, Mm -hmm. it lacks... being able to capitalize on the Targ's biggest weak point, which I think is their morale, because they don't mm-hmm. have a lot to mitigate their bad morale. They have one tactics card that can protect against um, Panic Test. Outside of that, not great. Yeah, they have very average morale. I wouldn't put it on the bad end, but it's just average. They're not on the um, good side. Every The Sworn Swords are at a 6, the Outriders are at a 6. Um, Berserkers, though, they and do have a four. You have a five, so, six, and six also. Yeah, so, yeah, these two, I think that might be one of the, out of the three matches, I think there's two really good initial ones, the Starks and Targaryens, and then also the Lannisters uh, versus Nightwatch. That's, that's going to be an um, interesting one. Because I, sure. I, I would put those two as probably two of the strongest factions currently in this, in the, the 1.5. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um. They just they're both very good. And I think um I think the Lannisters could do well against Targaryens um if they met in a later round. Um it all just really depends on how that first one goes. I think they both have very tough uh 
initial round matchups because if they both they both could easily lose in that first round and then not move on, the, but they uh, both could also win. Um, the Lannisters lack in kind of their versatility of their starter box. Mm-hmm, guardsmen, yes. halberdiers, mountains men. I mean, that, that's what you're getting. Yep. You have you have no solo units. You have no cav. You're gonna get. Now it's gonna be interesting because do you want like okay like I'm gonna be playing the Lannisters. Am I playing Lannisters in that one? Okay. I'm not sure. We haven't well, decided yet. We might have to. We'll do see for that one because that's the one where we're, we're both pretty well versed in both factions. Whereas both. the yeah both factions or the Stark Targaryen, I'm gonna play Targaryen. He's gonna play Stark. So, yep. The the Lannister Night's Watch one. Uh, I can see either either one. That that could be really be a good one. The the one thing the Lannisters just really strive at, which is trouble for everybody, is their control aspect i mean they have the counterplots and they have the shutoff ncus so when you're when anybody's looking to really make a play they can be mm-hmm. you know shut down pretty easily even out of that basic box so they might not have the best units on the field they're still going to be having that best tactics deck where they can do what they want um for the lannisters i think one of their problems might be in the starter box is the commander wise i mean i'm guessing that the mountain would be ran as a commander because he's got some Pretty good cards. I think he would be ran over Jamie. I don't think we have the right unit for Jamie right now. Um, I'm having a hard time. But the mountain's pretty good. Jamie's new commander. All right, so yeah, Jamie, his commander, we'll just talk about him real quick. He's got a counterattack order, and then he also has the order of Kingslayer's Prowess, so it's when Jamie's unit activates, return one of his commander tactics cards from your discard pile to your hand. So it's pretty useful for card draw. But his tactics cards, they are all more of like a defensive type mm-hmm. of card, if I do remember. He has a... Um... Yeah, he's got Expert Parry, which is when a friendly combat unit is attacked with melee after attack dice are rolled. Each defensive save roll of six blocks two hits. If that unit contains Jamie, it counts on fives. And they have Kingslayer's Renown. When an enemy combat unit activates, they become weakened. If they're within short range of his unit, they become panicked, so getting some tokens out there. And then Deadly Repose... When an enemy unit makes a melee attack before attack dice are rolled, for each miss, that enemy suffers one automatic hit. And then if they are attacking Jamie Lannister's unit, they suffer plus two additional automatic hits. So really a more defensive type of um, build that you'd want to bring with him. Since I've seen Jamie Commander ran. Mm-hmm. I would say our very, very early days of playing the game, we would have played some Jamie Commander. Yep. Haven't touched it since. It's mm-hmm. one of the things I've been meaning to look at since he got buffed back in 1.4 maybe Mm -hmm. but it's just i don't know i kind of forgot about it i guess and now i just kind of looked back at him i was like oh yeah i've I've meant to run this guy some yeah the one the one thing too is they they have some really good commander other than jamie they have probably you know the mountain who really gives them a strong attack profile gives them access to a lot of things they can't do otherwise yep then they have Tywin and Tyrion, which they're both really kind of style. Tyrion really takes that to, you know, 12 on the 1 to 10 scale. And Tywin's probably like a 9 or 10 on just that control, just because they can get units to turn abilities off. They're not in the starter box. Um, Just talking about the Lannister commanders in general. But no, I do think that those might be the two best matchups. I'm not 100% sure on the Baratheon versus free folk 
I don't know how this will go. The one issue I ha- see is that Free Folk can bring yeah. two Pre- giants. 1.5.1, I would have probably given this to Brathian. Just, I don't, mm-hmm. I, just because the Free Folk starter as a starter box is not great. Kind of barely good mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, but now 1.5.1, Mance Raider gets a little buff. The giants get quite mm-hmm. a nice buff. I mean, an extra wound and an extra damage on their attack that that, that might go pretty far really so yeah. i haven't this will be the first game i've ran since 1.5.1 with free folk and the giants i'm kind mm-hmm. of excited to see how this one pans out so the one thing i think that is going to be tough for the baratheons to win that type of matchup they just don't have an i don't think they have enough power to put wounds onto both of the giants in time they could probably take care of one of them but dealing with two will be tough. They do have some cards that will deal out some auto wounds, especially Stannis. Uh, it'll be pretty good that way, but really being able to stack it up on them is going to be tough uh, to really play into that late game. Because once you get five wounds on them, if you can't kill them after that, yeah, they're I'm, just going to uh, wipe you. I'm pretty excited to see how that goes. I'm excited to see the new Giants. I'm excited to see the whole tournament. My early mm-hmm. prediction, I think... I think if Targaryens make it out of that first round, they win. If they don't make it out of the first round, probably Night's Watch. Um, so I think the winner that is going to come out of this tournament will probably be coming out of the Night's Watch versus Lannister matchup. Uh, they are both really good factions that can do a lot of different things. The Lannisters with the bad units, though, they just they're just got True. that good control. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode. Um, Cody, you got anything else? Uh, nope. Uh, just Go check out our page on Facebook, Roll the Autumn, or yep. find us we on YouTube. We are hoping to, we will post whenever we stream. We'll stream on Twitch. We'll post that to our Facebook page. We are going to record these streams. We will post them to our YouTube channel. So if you guys could just check us out there, we would appreciate it. We'll see you next time on Roll 'em if you got them.